This episode of the Blockhouse Podcast is sponsored by my friend Tiger at ITZTiger.music on Instagram. He does all the audio tracks for the Blockhouse Podcast. He's on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Go check him out. The podcast is also sponsored by Day and Night, the ultimate revolution in vaping batteries, the double-bladed lightsaber of vaping. Why enjoy one flavor when you can enjoy two flavors at the same time? Go check them out on Instagram at Day and Night Battery. But wait, the podcast is also sponsored by Bengali, the new hip clothing brand that is about to take Medellin by storm. Quality clothing for men that fits right and that is stylish at the same time. I love it. I got tons of it. And you'll see me wearing it on the podcast. Get yours now. Go to bengali.shop on Instagram. Lastly, be sure to sign up for the Blockchain Insider newsletter. For only $250 a month, you will get weekly updates on the crypto market, my top investment picks, and advanced analysis to help you make better informed investment decisions. You can't put a price on that. So go click on the link in the description and sign up today. What's up, guys? It is episode 148. Wednesday, June 30th, and today I have Yenwen Fong, CEO of Perpetual Protocol, a perpetual contract protocol for every asset made possible by a virtual automated market maker, which helps provide guaranteed on-chain liquidity and predictable pricing set by product curves, of which we discuss in plenty of detail, so don't worry. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe and make sure to share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain perpetual protocol and Yenwen Fong. Enjoy. All right, Mr. Yenwen Fong, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Blockhash Podcast Live. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you. And thanks for making the time. I know it's it's late there. You're on a completely different time zone. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell me, where, where are you based? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Taiwan. I'm based in Taiwan right now. Okay. Um, do you do you work out of Taiwan as well? Or are you just there at the moment? Or um, Yeah, I work out from Taiwan. But I travel a lot before COVID. But uh, I think nowadays uh, people don't travel, so I I can't find hundred percent in Taiwan right now. Yeah, are you, are you able to travel from Taiwan, or what's it like there with COVID? Yeah, able to tra- travel, but uh, I mean there are restrictions. So I mean, like um, every time you come back, you have to be I mean quarantine for like fourteen days. So that's really a long time. Oh. You yeah. still have to quarantine. So, you, so like, if you got a vaccine or you got a PCR test, you still have to quarantine. Yeah, everyone. Oh, that kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I think it's good because I think uh, Taiwan have kind of like a, the lowest like infection rate. I mean, over the world. So it's a it's an island, so it's kind of easy to mm-hmm. to protect. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, I think it's just like spatial time for everyone. Yeah, well, hopefully that gets a little bit better for you guys. I mean, it'd be nice, mm-hmm. you know. A lot more countries started opening up, which they're slowly starting to do. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyways, tell me a little bit about uh, your, yourself and your background. I'm, you know, my audience is going to be curious, like who you are, who's this Mister Yen Wen Fong. Um, you know, what, what does he do? How did he get into blockchain? Um, give me a little bit of background. 
Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up in Taiwan. I uh, I have I founded like several companies before. I mean, uh, mostly in Taiwan, some in US. Um, I've been working in US for some time. Um, so I actually get into. I, I'm a, a little bit older. I mean, like uh, I'm being like in the startup field for a while. Mm -hmm. So I personally got into crypto in like 2018. So like three years ago. Um, at the time, we actually wanted to. I mean, at the time, we. I mean, um, we are already like kind of focused on derivative. So perpetual protocol. What we we are doing right now is well, you know, one kind of derivative. But at the time, I mean, 2018. You know, I have been already like starting like trying to work on the decentralized option protocol at that time, which is uh, we, we actually doesn't go well. I mean, we we have a hard time raising and the market crash. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we end up going to the Binance Lab. So Binance has an incubator at that time. So we actually worked there for a while, um, working on like the accounting solution, crypto accounting, uh, and 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 actually uh, and like 2019. I mean, after a year, we feel that um, you know we see Uniswap, we see like Synthetics that uh, actually kind of like uh, bring some new i mean idea for us so i mean like i said 2018 we were doing option protocol decentralized option protocol but uh, i don't think we really know i mean i couch i mean we just want to pull the centralized stuff to like decentralized work it doesn't work so i mean after we see like synthetics uh, and uniswap they have this am they have this like new tokenomic we feel that actually that's the right thing to do. So we actually pivot, we drop the accounting software, and then we went back to derivative. We kind of like um, go through like different kinds of derivative and then in the end we pick perpetual. So we you know we kind of like figure out how to build an AM on top of perpetual swap contract. Yeah, so I think that's mm -hmm. how we stuck it. So it's last year. And we launched a token, and um, we also launched a POCO last December. Um, it's already been already like three months, I mean, until now. And uh, I think um, the POCO itself is actually working quite well. We have around like 19 billion trading volume, which is quite nice. And uh, we do have like a lot of people trading on us. We have like uh, bots trading on us. So I think, yeah. It's a good start. Yeah, in terms of volume, like where do you guys stand in comparison to like you know some of the other you know popular dexes out there, like all the food based ones, like <laughs> swap, sushi swap. Okay, yeah, well, that's a good question. So compared to Uniswap, I think we are like only like uh, maybe like ten percent of that. Um, um, uh, they they have been in the market for a while, so we are kind of like new. I think that's of course one factor. But the other thing is that we are working on this, you know, perpetual swap, which is very different from uh, a spot trading DAX. So, so I think that's, um, yeah. But if you compare the volume, we are kind of, um, you know, one tenth. Uh, if we compare to like the whole decentralized derivative market, I think uh, perpetual protocol actually has like eighty percent of all trading volume. Mm -hmm. So we are kind of like a number one right now. So, but uh, there are, you know, like new protocol popping up, new DAX popping up like daily. So, you know, we were actually working hard trying to keep the lead.
Gotcha. Tell, yeah, tell me a little bit more about Perpetual Protocol, like, you know, as a DEX. You know, where do you, what's your guys' like goal and mission? Um, like, what are you guys trying mm-hmm. to accomplish? Are you just trying to build something that's better than the existing DEXs? Or are you trying to build something different? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'm an engineer, so I'm more like, um, so kind of like deep in mind, I want to make a decentralized product of like traditional derivative product. So the decentralized versions of that. So I think um, what we want to do is that we want to build a derivative um, DAX or derivative protocol that's, I mean, will be like top three in the world. So that's our goal. Um, so um, in, I mean, in, in derivative, um, they are actually like kind of like details that uh, it's really, it's not easy to build AM on top of derivative, like options. I think it's really hard to do mm-hmm. option, uh, option like AM. Lots of people try that, but uh, I mean, there are still like some details that they doesn't really get right. And uh, actually perpetual, I think is the easiest one. So we just kind of like start with the easiest one. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so, yep. So, so the perpetual contract is actually a different kinds of future contract. It's a derivative that, uh, so, um, com- compared to like a spot trading, um, because it's a derivative, so you don't really own that token. You kind of like trading, I mean, like, uh, the price exposure, but the good thing is that you can take leverage. So you can take like, um, you know, 10 X, five X long or short. So I think it, you kind of like provide another tool for the traders to mm-hmm. express their opinion to the market. Yeah. So I think that's uh, the, the main difference between spot and change. It, is that the, would you say that's the thing that separates you guys the most from other DEXs is, um, or separates you the most is, you know, being able to offer that kind of leverage through a DEX <laughs> um, or are there other things that you think separate you from, I, I guess, your competition? Um, yes, so it separates us, I mean, from like sushi swap or like a food tokens, like uh, you mentioned. So mm-hmm. uh, of course, a uh, Uniswap, and yeah. And also it separates us from like, um, you know, um, there are other people, like, I mean, build, also working in like perpetual contract space, but, um, you know, um, you know, uh, they take different approach. Some of them, they still build a gaming order book. So we are more like you, so you can think of, we kind of like Uniswap meet BMAX, which is a perpetual contract uh, central change. So we kind of like uh, have an AM and also have the perpetual contract, the leverage system. So I think that's uh, actually make us very different from all the competitors. Yeah, you know, it's a very competitive space. Um, everyone's trying to, you know, get into DEXs or do something in, in DeFi. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it, it'd be really cool to see, you know, how you guys, you know, grow into that space in the future. And I, I think little things, you know, like, like leverage, for example, offering like 10 X <laughs> leverage, offering different tools and, and spot trading definitely helps you guys stand out more. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's super, super competitive. The other question I had was, you know, you mentioned virtual AMMs and I haven't heard that before. Can you, can you explain a little bit more what virtual AMMs are? Sure, of course. I think uh, so. We start we start up by 
I mean, having this like new design of AM. So we call this virtual AM. The reason we call it virtual is because, um, so this is a derivative protocol. So we actually have kind of like two components. The first component is that we take the USDC from the trader as collateral. So you, so for example, like trader Alice, she can put in like 100 USDC. And then um, if she wants to have like two X, then you know, we actually mint virtual token. We call it virtual token. So it's not real token. We mint 200 virtual USDC so she can use uh, this virtual token. Um, and the second component is that we have uh, Uniswap SYK kind of a model. So mm -hmm. it's, we use it as a price engine. So Alice can put this 200 USDC, virtual USDC onto this, I mean, uh, SYK model. So like, for example, she wants to participate in ETH market, then uh, she wants to get a long, long positions, then she can just put in the VUSDC and then take VETH out. And then VETH is her position. So later on, she wants to sell the position back to the AM and get VUSDC out again. And then we can calculate the, the PNL for, for her. So that's actually how it works. So everything is virtualized. So we call this virtual AM. So it's very different from spot trading like uh, Uniswap. Like Uniswap, if you want to trade like you, I mean ETH to USDC, you have to put, provide ETH. Also for the liquidity provider, if you want to provide liquidity, you have to prepare ETH and USDC. But in our like uh, perpetual protocol, you, everything is virtual. Gotcha. Uh, let me ask you also, um, you know, what, what do you think the future of DeFi is like? You know, obviously you guys are innovating in a lot of ways, trying to create <laughs> different solutions, different tools to, you know, <laughs> give traders to make it easier, make it more efficient, faster, all that stuff. Um, you know, yeah. and so are all these other protocols. Um, and given how competitive it is and how saturated it is right now, what, what, what do you see the future, you know, you know, shaping into for DeFi, you know, going into the rest of the year, going into the future? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So, um, so I personally believe that uh, the market should be winner takes all. That's the first thing mm -hmm. that uh, I think a lot of people feel that uh, you know it should be a market chain war. It should be like market market protocol like working together. Personally, I think that's probably not the case. I I personally believe that uh, ETH will be the only. I mean. Probably not the only one, but uh, it probably will take like sixty percent like of the market share. Or and, and also like Uniswap, I think Uniswap will take like like over sixty percent of the market share of spot trading. Um, so the first thing I, I feel that there there is kind of like one winner takes all, and uh, the second thing is that uh, I think the possibility is really important. So even if the Gax, I mean the spot Gax. Spot trading gags like you know Uniswap is winning. There is, I mean, a skill like other other protocol can build on top of like Uniswap or others. So, compatibility, I think that's actually make the whole device system very different. Yeah. So, in that way, um, I and also like the third thing is like layer two. Uh, I believe that uh, once Uniswap or other, uh, I mean, people are moving to like Polygon and then have lots of success. And uh, personally, I believe uh, Arbitron or like Optimism, once they launch, I mean, most of the protocol will be there. 
And then I personally believe like Uniswap, you will have like 10x of trading volume. And then at that time, the, I mean, like we will have another DeFi summer. Personally, I maybe like winter because I mean, it's mm -hmm. already summer now. But after like Abitron launch, I think like it should be like, you know, DeFi winter that's really personal, I believe, because the bandwidth, like, you know, like, you know, 100x bandwidth, Uniswap should be like 100x more efficient. Do you think That's we're entering a, a DeFi winter right now? Uh, do you think we've maybe like peaked out over the, the spring and, and whatnot, and we've seen all this innovation and all this interest in it, um, and that maybe it might be quiet for a while and prices might go down, things like that? Or, or do you think there's still you know more room to grow you know throughout the year? I personally think that there are more room to growth. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I I believe after Arbitron or Optimism launched they should be like another like 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 um, like bull market for DeFi. Mm -hmm. that's why i believe another yeah. bull market this year this year DeFi? yeah 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 so i think um so obviously is launching like probably on next month or like a few weeks after mm -hmm. and uh actually you think about this i mean like um so uh, so we got like 80% of the market share of derivative. I mean, all the derivative protocol, right? But uh, personally, I think um, there are several reasons. But one of the reasons is that we are the only one who have a 100% built on top of... Um, uh, right now, it's not only one. But when we started, it's only one that built on top of layer two. So we are the only one that you know, built on top of XTI. Sky has like more like bandwidth than it's mandate. So we actually got the boost of the trading bargain because mm -hmm. I mean, like trading is cheap. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the I mean, the arbitrage come in, they, they don't really, they don't re really need to, I mean, like, you know, like if you want to market make on like Uniswap, you got lots of competition. You have to take care of the gas price. You, you, you do lots of calculation, but on Sky, actually everything is so cheap. So you just like, you know, once you see the price given, you just go in, you just, you know, you just try to arbitrage. So it makes a lot of things easier. So that's how we can boost the trading volume up. So I think the same thing happened to Uniswap. Uniswap has already, I mean, has always been on the ETH mainnet. They, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they never try to like go off to the layer two solution, but they will, I mean, in a few weeks. So I, I personally believe that once they go on like uh, Arbitron or Upkinson, they should have like 10x of the trading volume. Okay, got it. That leads <laughs> into uh, another question I had on V2, and I think yeah. someone asked it in the comments, so I'll just throw it up here. Um, yeah, is there a release date for Perp V2, or what details do you have on that? Um, and then while you're kind of talking about that, I'm going to throw up the website as well so people yeah. can see it. Um, mm -hmm. So V2, <laughs> yes yeah so yeah so so we we actually get an announcement i mean like right now and uh yes uh we have been we have spent like several months on this already mm -hmm. i mean we have we actually so part v1 actually is doing quite well but uh there are some like um issues i mean there are actually two issues that uh you know we don't really have a good idea that how to solve it until we figure out how to this V2. So the first thing is like efficiency. So like I said before, we are using this SYK like model, like uh, just like Uniswap V2. Um, SYK 
model uh, is is really good. It's it's very simple. People understand it. But uh, from the capital efficiency point of view, um, you kind of like deploy the capital. I mean, I mean evenly across the curve, so it's not really that efficient. Mm-hmm. So we actually want to. I mean, um, we actually want to swap that component out, and then put in Uni V3, which has a concentrated liquidity model, which will boost our uh, capital efficiency. So that's one part. That's that's one thing that we want to solve is the capital efficiency. And the second thing is that uh, we have this like onshore imbalance in, it's more like detail like design thing, but um, mm. this actually, uh, so we have this insurance fund actually, it goes quite well, but sometimes it actually goes down when the market moves a lot. So uh, there's, there's no like good way to really, I mean, we actually try like maybe at 10 different solutions, but after that, we think that using Uni, I mean, using like kind of like combined with Uniswap V3 and then also like enable like Maker, which will provide, I mean, who, who can solve this problem? Yeah, so yeah, that's like briefly description of V2 and uh, mm-hmm. I think we can launch V2 probably like in August, like September timeframe around there. Yeah, but uh, nothing for sure because I think it's really hard to, because, uh, I mean, like um, we have to schedule the, the audit. There are lots of things. Yeah, but hopefully we can do that around there. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, and on top of that, you know, what what else is on your guys' roadmap for the rest of the year, um, you know, that you feel that's important that you want people to know about mm-hmm. um, regarding perpetual protocol, um, you know, where you guys are going? Do you guys have new tools you're launching, new um, services or things people can use or important updates similar to V2? Um, mm-hmm. what, what should people be aware of? Sure. Um so I think for this year, for actually V2 has like uh, several milestones, but uh, for this year, we want to build a change that, uh, you know, just kind of like as better as FKX. Mm-hmm. I think FKX is kind of like um, the best central change out there that you can use. Um, so in order, like, for I mean, for us, we, I mean, we build tools on, on, on blockchain, so we actually have some limitation, but for V2, actually, we can do a lot of things that uh, FKX provide, and then we can provide on blockchain. So for example, we want to have like cross margin. So right now we don't have cross margin. Cross margin means that, uh, so right now kind of like each market, like like the ETH market and also the uni market, the one inch market on our platform is isolated, which means that the, the, the cultural or the margin ratio is calculated individually, but we want to have close margin, which kind of combined together, so you you have more capital efficiency. I mean, uh, as a trader, so that's definitely one thing. And the, the second thing is that like FKX. So we, I mean, uh, in on beach V one, we use USDC as the collateral, but like FKX, they enable like you can use ETH, you can use lots of other tokens. So we also want to have that as well. Um, and the third thing, I think that uh, the the thing we kind of like most like looking up to is permission, permissionless market creation, which I mean, right now for V1, every time we want to launch a new market, we will launch a vote. 
kind of like Arbe or Kampong. So people will propose and then we have a governance voting for that market. Once it passed, the king will prepare and then we launch that market. But uh, for V2, probably like around the end of this year, we want to have like, um, so anyone, if you can commit some like uh, initial fund for the, for the insurance fund, then you can create that market so people can trade. Yeah, so it kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's actually um, the, it enable a lot of like a possibility for the protocols. Yeah. Yeah, can you explain that part one more time? The permissionless market creation, what is that again? Yeah, so it's, um so compared to like, we need a vote to mm -hmm. create a new market. So permissionless means that everyone, they don't need to go through the, the, the governance. They can just like, you know, click on the UI, you deposit some like funds for the insurance fund. And then that's it, you can create a market just like Uniswap. So oh, Uniswap, okay. you can go in and then create the market like on your own. So you, you just need to meet that token first. So the same, we want to have that. Okay, got it, that makes more sense. Um, cool. where, where's your community? Um, on, do you guys have like a Discord or a Telegram or where do you, where do you guys interact and share ideas and for things to you know help make perpetual protocol better? Um, we have Discord, we also have Telegram. Um, uh, just so I think either place that uh, you, know, you can connect with the team and then ask questions. Uh, I think the community can get back to you. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to put all that stuff in the description below so people can also, you know, find it um, and go check it out and join the community if they want. I'll definitely jump in there and, and stir the pot <laughs> a little bit. That's always fun. Um, you know, Discord channels and crypto are, are um, crazy sometimes, as you probably know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, Yenwin, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast live today. Really appreciate it. Um, I know it's very late there and very early here, so thank you for, you know, finding a time. Um, and sharing everything you guys are doing with Perpetual Protocol. Really excited about it. It seems like something that's going to be really competitive with all the other DEXs out there. It's offering a lot of beneficial tools. Um, and, and thanks to their to your guys' user base that, you know, will be you know beneficial if you're a trader and you want to get away from, you know, those centralized exchanges. So, again, thanks for taking <laughs> the time to come on. And we'll do it again in the future, too. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, It's nice talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. Talk to you soon.